Humble Holding Up is brought to you by the North Coast Co-op and Cypress Grove. You know, Goff as a, a Humboldter, a Humboldtian, a Humbush, I don't know. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few things that I always have in my fridge. And uh, one of okay. those is a package of Cypress Grove goat cheese. Yeah. Really? Is that true? Yeah, always. It's okay. locally made. It's delicious. Uh-huh. You got it. You have to have it in your fridge. Find it at local retailers or online at cypressgrove.com. Okay, I'll do that. And speaking of cheese, did you know, Steph, that the North Coast Co-op has its very own cheese-centric podcast? No. Okay. Yes, it's really true. Everyone has a podcast now. It's called Cheese the Day, the North Coast Co-op Cheese the Day, where you can listen uh, to cheese nerds talk about all things cheese. Find it on all your podcast streaming services. It's Humboldt Holding Up, the Lost Coast Outpost's little podcasting experiment that started during the pandemic and is still going during still a pandemic. I'm Stephanie McGeary. And I'm Andrew Goff. And on uh, today's show, I imagine most people here in Humboldt are aware of the story of Hunter Lewis, who um, you will recall uh, went out on uh, December 30th of, of last year and, and did not return. And Later today, there's going to be a memorial for Hunter at the Arcata Community Center starting around 2 p.m. And we just wanted to know a little bit more about Hunter's story. So for people that were following updates about that tragic situation online, you may have gotten to know Hunter's dad, whose name is Corey Lewis, during the, the search operations Corey was kind of directing the the show, Um, just always very, very positive, very grateful, really feel like a lot of people felt like they got to know this person through uh, the online persona that he was presenting. And that's how I felt, at least, uh, as I was just kind of watching this thing unfold. And so just to see if he wanted to talk a little bit, we, we we reached out to Corey and he was gracious enough to agree to come on this thing. I'd say without further ado, why don't we, why don't we get Corey, Corey in here? Hello, Corey. Hello. All right. Andrew, Stephanie, nice to meet you both. So nice to meet you, you, as, too. you as well. Yeah. Thanks thank, for joining us. Thank you for your, your, your willingness to do this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, so Corey, you, you and I talked on the phone a little bit uh, before this. I shared with you some of why I, I felt called to, to reach out to you to, to see if you want to do this. And, and, and part of it is because when Hunter went missing, I feel like you, you stepped up in a really uh, unique way in this really you know, tragic situation. You know, there were, there were hundreds, if not more, people mm-hmm. online wondering what they could do to help with, with search operations uh, and whatnot. And you took it upon yourself to, to be this authority, you know, this, this point person. And you handled that role in a, in a way that amazed me and, and people I've talked to about this. I guess I just wanted to start out by asking how, how you're doing uh, with everything that's happened. Thank you. Um, you know, it comes in waves, the grief and the shock. And then you have moments of laughing with family and feeling normal. And, and then the grief comes and then the shock and the disbelief. Um, so we're getting through it. We're holding together, both the family and the community. Yeah, I, I don't know if I stepped into a role or it was just thrust into it. Sure, yeah. And um, I've had a lot of support from the very first day 
Ross and Anya Taylor, who are the parents of Hunter's best friend Zane, were on site organizing volunteers, assigning them to beaches, making sure the search was done in an organized fashion. Um, we had Mike Majesco, a realtor, had printed out every address of every homeowner along the way to help us organize our search. Um, Janet Wood, um, who was pregnant at the time and just had her baby, um, was out there every day organizing volunteers, administrating the Facebook page, you know, daily, keeping people posted, reminding them to stay safe. You know, the only thing that matches to me how amazing my son was is how amazing this community response has been. And, you know, we have over 6,000 Facebook followers, over $35,000 in GoFundMe donations, hundreds of volunteers that have been searching for weeks, um, and volunteers doing everything from rock climbers, rappelling down cliffs to access caves, flying drones, surfers taking their wave runners out, um, we have our own, we had our own local sonar and dive teams working, the Coast Guard, and then private helicopter pilots flying for us. Um, brought our own sonar team up from Monterey, um, had experts in undersea archaeology and, and from the Navy SEALs contacting us from DC and Virginia and all oh, over wow. the country to, to give us advice. Um, it was just really amazing the response and how many people have cared. We've people organized a meal train for our family and uh, for Mickey and Bodie at their house and um, have really just taken care of us. And, and it's really shown, you know, Hunter was a very special guy and this story of the treasure hunt and his disappearance is just as special and unique and, I think has really touched people in, in a lot of ways. You talk about you know this 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 level of, of the response, and you say there were there were hundreds of people that were that played some part in this operation to you know search for Hunter. I mean, does 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 that level of response help you to have you know some some closure about it? Because there was it was it was exhaustive, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, it was exhausting. We were out there every day. We would meet at, you know, 7 a.m. every morning at Trinidad State Beach, um, hundreds of people in the wind and the rain, the cold. Um, and, you know, that went on for days. And then um, after a couple of weeks of that, I got COVID and that knocked me out and kept me at home. But I could still follow on Facebook that people were still going out um, and it helped us find debris. It helped us start finding the canoe, um, Hunter's little treasure box other items that were important and that helped us start piecing together a story of what happened. So although we didn't recover his body, um, it does give us some closure that we've pieced together a story. We solved his final treasure hunt. We know where he was going. We're pretty sure we know what reef he wrecked on. Um, so that kind of closing the, the loop of the story is helpful. And then also just seeing how many people cared about my son or cared about his story um, yeah. and care about us, it, that helps fill the holes in your heart a little bit too. You know, for example, I don't know who it was, but they made these sweatshirts. This is oh, wow. the key that Hunter printed out on his 3D printer. Okay. And when you stand in the right spot and you hold it up, these three key teeth match sea stacks out in the ocean. 
and that heart points to flat iron rock and there's a riddle that says the treasure is where his heart is and we wow. know from this because we found kinsley and i found the spot that he was going to flat iron rock and this shirt sweatshirt was made by somebody and given to our families and on the back it says hashtag live like hunter yeah. which wow. has become which has become the motto for all of us that we want to you know yeah. take from just, this to I live just just, just real quick, I want to describe that that shirt that you're showing people yeah. for people that are only listening to this. Yeah, just say right. you have a sweat a sweatshirt with a with the shape of a key on it, and you're saying that the the key teeth is that I don't know is that what you would call yeah. it? the key teeth right. uh, correspond to various rocks that are out there in in Trinidad Bay. Yep, yep. And then there's a heart on the key that points to a specific rock or island called Flatiron Rock. If you remember the movie The Goonies. There's a yeah. scene oh, yeah. where they're doing the exact same thing with like a gold doubloon. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm sure, where he got the idea. Yeah, I um, remember hearing about that part and think immediately thinking yeah. about the, the Goonies. And, and the idea to use Ottendorf ciphers, um, which is a list of numbers that relate to certain letters and certain words on a page of text. Mm -hmm. That idea, I believe, came from National Treasure, okay. from that those movies there's a place in there where they refer to ottendorf ciphers okay and so you know hunter had a love for treasure hunt movies lord of the rings all things you know related to quests and yeah. he put a lot of those things into this treasure hunt for us well so let's 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 talk about this this treasure hunt because i think yeah. that, that you know the you know the lost lewis treasure right that's what we yes. that's what we were calling it uh yeah. it, it was the, the, the which is the the treasure hunt that hunter was helping to prepare when he went missing right. and i think you know this is a really extraordinary aspect of the story that a lot of people have latched onto. like so yeah. I mean, you, you started to maybe let's let's can you try and like explain like what what this was was yeah. this like a family tradition or had you done yeah, this before we had and so yeah kind of to give you the basis from the beginning um my mom has often organized scavenger hunts when we've had family reunions or just family get togethers, just as a fun thing for the kids to do. Um, a number of years ago, I organized a quite elaborate treasure hunt for Hunter and Bodie out at my parents' property in Colorado, where they had to, you know, find three different treasures and use a compass to triangulate to find the fourth one and, you know, solve these <laughs> riddles. And it's in that so. Movies like The Goonies and, and things like Curse of Oak Island and Treasure Hunts have always been something we've fast, fascinated with and we've played with. And um, on that treasure hunt that Bodie and Hunter did years ago, I had the final treasure hidden in this little wooden box. And the wooden box was actually an old cigar box my dad gave me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And after they solved that treasure hunt, I asked Hunter if he wanted to have that wooden box. And he said, yeah. And so he would keep different curios or different things in it, you know, for years. And yeah. we now know he had that wooden box with him in the canoe. And it was one yeah. of the things he was hiding with treasure in it. And we yeah. found that broken box on the shore, actually. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a long tradition here. I mean, for me, it was getting a little piece of my heart back that I got that box back, you know. From yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is a long family tradition. So. When the pandemic started, um, or at some point during the pandemic, when Hunter and his girlfriend Kinsley would come up here to visit from college, he would take her out to his favorite spots and trails and beaches, 
and he was kind of start taking notes and working, writing out riddles and working on this treasure hunt. And then when you go back to um, CSU Long Beach, he would work on riddles and maps and other things there. And, um, you know, and was just, it, he spent about two years developing this treasure hunt. And this year was, <laughs> was the year that we were going to get to go out on it. Yeah, um, so you, 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 you posted some of, some of these clues for, yeah. for the treasure hunt online. I, and I, I, I pulled them and, and first of all, they rhyme. That's very impressive. <laughs> it's like, I was, I like, I, I just, this was, I, I'll, I'll read this. This was the first one that I had, you know, the treasure you seek lies with Pearson's peak world's largest. It has claimed, but the number through time has changed behind John Hancock. You shall see what our artist has left for thee. So that was, so what was it? So that was the, that was the first clue that, yep. and you, so, so the, and you, the first, there were three tiers of clues and the first okay. tier were six different riddles and yeah. each riddle took you to a different hidden clue somewhere. The one that you just read out loud, Kinsley and I solved and found. And what it's yeah. talking about is the totem pole in McKinleyville. Yeah. Wow. Pearson's Peak, yeah. it's, Here. it's, it's Pearson's business park. Okay. That, totem, that totem pole has been claimed to be the tallest in the world, and it's yeah. been claimed it's not over time. Yeah. There's been right. some debate about that. And um, right behind the artist's signature is where we found yeah. the clue. That's the John Hancock. Wow. Okay. So that gives you an example that how you'd have to solve these riddles by knowing yeah. history or looking. We would go, we'd be Googling stuff. You know, there was yeah. like, who's, who's Josiah Gregg, who's LK Wood, you know, because we needed to know that stuff to solve yeah. these riddles. So um, that's a good example of, of how these started. And so uh, about 20 to 24 of us, friends and family members, all got letters on Christmas that said, you're inheritors of the lost Lewis treasure. And here's the <laughs> Instagram page. And you didn't know it, but there's this lost Lewis family member out at sea with this treasure. And you can hunt for it. And here's the first six riddles. And so we would all go out. We'd try to solve a riddle. We'd go out and look for stuff. We would, you know, text each other and call each other. And at night, we'd be Googling and collaborating. Um, yeah. And he said we could work together or compete. It didn't matter. <laughs> and we all pretty much compared and collaborated as much as we could. Um, so let me so let me get this straight. So he sent you the letter that you got on Christmas, yeah, that, and it, it had six clues in it. Yep. Okay, and and then, and, and, and you had to, so you had to go out. And, yeah, individually or in teams, we went out and found the. Well, first we had to solve the riddles to know the location. Then we go out to the location to find those clues, and yeah. so we found one at the totem pole. My son, um, Bodie Hunter's brother and his mom found one on an old railroad trestle off yeah, Warren, Creek, Warren Creek Road. And so yeah. Bodie had to climb to the top of that railroad trestle. Um, <laughs> uh, Dakota found one out um, at Strawberry uh, Rock. Yeah. Um, so there's a number of places where we found these. And the once you found the clues, the second tier of clues got even more interesting. Three of them were photographs, and on the back of the photograph, they had the Ottendorf cipher, all these yeah. numerical codes to relate you to a certain page of text. Then there were three other clues. One was a map of Trinidad Hunter had drawn himself with the riddle. Yeah. Another 
Um, Hunter had like a ska punk band in college and they recorded um, a Scooby-Doo cover song, but they okay. hid they hid locations in the lyrics and you had to listen Jesus. to Jesus. <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, he, he, he really, this wow. is a, this is way yeah. more elaborate than I think most than people even realize. Yeah, and then yeah. A, a third clue was in a high school computer coding class, he created a video game. And for this treasure hunt, he added a new level to the video game and you had to beat the highest score. And once you got in the new level, you got the clue. So we had to solve these clues to get to a final tier three. And the tier three were there were three of these keys that he had printed out on his 3D printer. And they the were all identical. Printer, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and we had to find those keys and then use a riddle to figure out what location you should stand on to use the key to locate. This is wild. Yeah, what's in the heart. And I mean, it's so deep. And then and one example here is one of his best friends, Michael Santos, is in the military. And uh, Michael's a little bit afraid of heights. So Hunter orchestrated mm -hmm. it. So Michael found the key that he had hidden on the cliff face of Karen's Rock at Moonstone. What, what is Karen? Okay, yeah. It's, it's this cliff. And so he Hunter spent two hours teaching Michael how to repel and mm. then made Michael repel down the cliff to find the key. Jeez. So, so, you, <laughs> so, so, you, so this treasure hunt started on Christmas. Yeah, we spent, and, we, most of us started on the 26th, but we okay. were out yeah. looking on the 26th, the 27th, the 28th. And Hunter was sometimes out hiding clues ahead of us, right. like yeah. physically hiding a clue a couple days ahead of us. Yeah. Um, so you're in the you're in the middle of this treasure hunt. You mean, and, yeah. and you know the day the day that he goes missing is is December thirtieth, right? Yeah, we had been texting him about what we've been finding and things like that. We knew he was out hiding the final treasure, and he was somewhere in Trinidad. And by four o'clock, he hadn't responded. Yeah. And so Kinsley called me and said, let's, let's, let's start searching. This is, you know, and I said, yep, I called 911 immediately. We thought we might be doing a search for a lost hiker at first, yeah. but yeah. once we found his truck, we found that it was at the Trinidad Bay boat launch. And then we found that our canoe at home was gone. And so we knew he had gone out in the canoe to the bay. I mean, this is, this is this is a wild story. See, like your entire family is engaged in this. In the, you're in the middle of this treasure hunt, and you're yeah. saying that he was. You, you know for a fact that what he was doing was hiding the the final the clue final of this treasure. treasure. Hunt. Yeah, he he had he had that wooden box with him with some treasure in it. Um, yeah. Then he had something he called a Mayan statue and some other things inside this large wooden kind of bucket that was yeah. like the final treasure cask. And then, so we know he, he, we know he was hiding the final treasure that day. And then an eyewitness saw him putting the canoe into Trinidad Bay. Um, and they said he was bare chested at the time. So no PDF, no wetsuit. He could have had them with him, but he, they were not on. Um, and then another eyewitness a couple hours later saw him out by Pilot's Rock, which mm. is kind of like if you were gonna round Trinidad head, and head right. over towards College Cove and Flatiron Rock. Right. Yeah. And when we found the correct place to stand to hold that key up, and the heart of that key and the riddles point to Flatiron Rock. And 
if the best place to approach Flatiron Rock would be from the shoreward side, the leeward side, where mm. there's less waves. And I didn't know this, and Hunter didn't know this. I didn't know this till I was out there with boat captains. But there was a shallow, rocky reef right on that shoreward side of Flatiron Rock. And it's most likely it just tipped his canoe, one little bump. And um, we know that the canoe had to break up offshore on a reef or a sea stack because mm. we only found like one third of it, you know, and other pieces of it were scattered miles away. So it yeah. didn't break up on shore when it was washing up on shore. It broke up offshore and it got really scattered. So, so did you have, so did you have the final clue? Like you were already, were yep. you already searching and what was the final clue? Well, we, the final clue is that key and a riddle yeah. that says, okay. um, if it, the riddle basically said, if you stand where you showed me your heart and the rest of the world opened up to me, my heart points to where the treasure is. And it was a place where he and Kinsley sat and did some sketching and she knows he was sketching out sea stacks that day and they had a really beautiful picnic and Kinsley's the love of his life and um so we searched for Hunter for a couple days and one day while we're searching Kinsley said I just want to solve the treasure hunt first let's solve that right now let's stop combing beaches we got volunteers everywhere and so we sat down and she was like, I can remember what the spot looks like, but I don't know how to get there. And we just really searched and we found this trail. I'd never been on this trail before. And we went down the trail and she's like, oh, this is it. And then she's like, this is the spot where we left the trail and just went straight through the woods. And we found the spot. Um, where, then, where was and where about whereabouts this, was that? This spot is in between Trinidad State Beach and College Cove. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's basically on the cliff overlooking that area. Yeah. But I can kind of imagine it. Yeah. There's a little trail. If you're driving towards college Cove, that's just on your left, right after yeah. the bridge and the hairpin turn. That's just super easy to miss too. I, and I'd yeah. never been on it. Um, but when you're in that one spot, which was a special spot to him and Kinsley, um, and you stand there, that key just absolutely matches the sea stacks. Oh and, and matches the riddle and it matches where the witnesses say he was headed this was a spot okay. you would have needed to get to by a canoe or something to, yeah, to get the, to, 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 to find the final treasure that's true stephanie and uh, yeah. what hunter the way I'm, i know hunter would envision it is we would have said hunter we think it's at flat iron rock and you'd say okay well i'll take you out there let's see sure. you know um like bodie and bodie's mom called <laughs> And we're like, we solved it. We're on the railroad trestle. But yeah. Bodie's climbing all over and hasn't found it yet. So Hunter's yeah. like, oh, come on out and climb up there and help you maybe. <laughs> maybe not, you know. Yeah. So he enjoyed kind of watching us. Sometimes he would come out when we were searching for something. Clearly, yeah. that seems like part of the part of the joy, a big part yeah. of the motivation behind it is that that joy of watching other people try to solve it. But we had seen on, you know, on the Facebook page too that you also sort of enlisted the help of the community in like solving some yeah. of, the, of the clues. In fact, one of the first tier riddles never was solved until after all of this. And we posted yeah. about it on Facebook and Brianna, who was part of the original treasure hunt anyway, um, she and her dad went out and they found it. 
um, somebody else had found it and eaten like the chocolate from it. Right. That was yeah. it. I remember yeah. now seeing, but yeah. she found evidence of where that final clue was. Yeah. yeah. And so wow. also, you know, I, I, I've saw, I've seen you, you know, refer on that, on that page to, you know, with everything that happened now, it's like, it's like Hunter has become the, the lost Lewis treasure yeah. and the, 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 really the final, yeah, go ahead. In, in all of our minds and hearts, not just the family. I mean, I hear from so many volunteers that say, you know, I'm out walking the beaches or walking the headlands and I look out at the ocean and I just think about Hunter. And I'm, you know, people that say I'm going to be looking for him every day I go to the beach, you know, yeah. um, it's, he's really touched our hearts. And, and, and that's, you know, both the tragedy, the irony and, and the epic sort of quality of this is that yeah. he is the lost Lewis treasure. The story he made up was actually a prophecy about his own passing. Yeah, I keep, I keep wanting to not trivialize this tragedy but it you know this sounds this is cinematic like it right like it sounds it sounds like a movie script yeah well that's been uh, one of the jokes among volunteers and friends and family is who do you want to play you in the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i i, I won't ask yeah. <laughs> or you can you can offer if you, if you no i we don't know we know um, okay. <laughs> but it's just it, it's just it is that epic quality and and that's you know and actually that's something hunter would have loved um, you know, he loved the Lord of the Rings. He loved the movie, The Martian, where the guy never mm. comes back. And he loved that yeah. book as well. And, you know, in, in our lighter moments, when you're thinking on a more spiritual and less human level, we'll laugh about that hunter who wanted to be an astronaut and a great traveler is on the other side going, look at the adventure I created. This is yeah. awesome. Oh. It, yeah. it, 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 there just, just this morning when we were trying to decide what to talk about it, it, it dawned on both of us. Oh, his name is Hunter. Yeah. And just like, just yeah, like, this is, this is too, this is too perfect in, in some yeah. ways. Like, and the way yeah. you speak of, of him, you know, we also ran this beautiful obituary uh, for, for Hunter yeah. on Loco and we were, did, did you write that? Uh, um, his mom wrote it. Okay. We worked on it together, but she really, she wrote it and I edited yeah. it a little bit. And, and as you can see, it's really from the heart that yeah. he touched yeah. us all in, yeah. in such deep ways. And um, we're going to have a wonderful celebration of life ceremony Sunday, January 30th uh, from two to five at the Arcata Community Center. And everyone's open to it, but it's open to the public. Um, anybody that's been touched by the story. Um, and we're going to live stream the event on our Facebook page, um, Trinidad, California, search for Hunter Lewis. So anybody mm. that's been following Hunter, it's not, this story is epic and the treasure hunt is epic. It was, that's just was part of him. He was an amazing guy. So he was studying aerospace engineering at CSU Long Beach. He was president of the aeronautics rocket club. He had earned his pilot's license and was a private pilot, would take his friends flying. And he was uh, 21. I, I'll point yeah. out that he was He's 21. Very young to have accomplished all these things. Yeah. Uh, scuba diving certified because he heard that, you know, that would help him become an astronaut. Um, he played guitar and sang in a, a, a Scott punk band, um, skated, surfed, loved backpacking and climbing. Um, and he had been accepted to 
um, NASA has an early astronaut training program that he had been accepted to. And this year uh, he was planning to fly out to Florida and start some of that training. And um, was just such an amazing accomplished guy. And one of the things that everybody says about him, one of his friends from college I never met called me and said, Hunter taught me more than anybody I've ever met in my life. Mm. And mainly he taught me how to smile and be happy and love myself. Yeah. Sounds like that. And that speaking of about just all these different facets of his personality and his different interests and skills, I mean, just the intelligence and creativity that is necessary for somebody to come up with these types of ideas and, and then the, the outdoors Manship and different skills that that you would need to be able to execute it. I mean, it's just I don't think that there's too many people that possess all of those different yeah. uh, traits. And you know, I love this. You know, it also says it in the obituary and and on your sweater. This this uh, live like Hunter saying because yeah. it just seems like he was just a person who understood that the world is a playground, you know, is an yes. adventure that, that we have all of these beautiful, interesting, challenging things at our disposal. And, and it's like, I, some people take it for granted and I am, can only imagine, I mean, this is one of the hardest things, probably yeah. the hardest thing a person could ever go through. Um, but it seems like it, it's a comfort to you that he lived life so well and like he he parted kind of with this like what sounds like his opus you know already at 21 it's it's mind-blowing uh, to think about yeah that is a, a consolation that he lived life so well and had such a rewarding life and you know just to, this tells you about Hunter when he was really little one and two years old uh, we lived in Reno and his mom and I had taken him to this hot springs that kind of overlooked the Carson River that you had to backpack out to. And he would always love to crawl up this wall to look down at the river while he's in the hot springs. And we didn't notice it, but he was rubbing all the skin off of his toes, you know, like crawling, climbing up this wall. But he kept doing it and kept doing it and he wouldn't stop. And years later in high school, we were folding some laundry. I'm like, Hunter, why do all of your socks have a hole in the toe and he just laughed and he's like oh I got holes in my shoes dad and they make holes in my socks and he's like and then he shows me his foot and he's like look at this I got scabs on my toe and I'm like Hunter and he played competitive tennis for Arcata High at the time and he skateboarded all the time and I'm like Hunter you got money why don't you go buy shoes and he just laughed and he's like oh I forget <laughs> I don't have time and it was more important for him to go play tennis and skateboard with holes in his shoes. And I remember telling him one time, Hunter, you, you, you can't do everything. You got to pick a few things. And he said, no, dad, I want to do everything. Yeah. Amazing. And he, he certainly packed, packed a lot in into, you know, what, yeah. what ended up being his, his short time. I was, I kind of, I kind of like this track around. It was, is there, are there other stories uh, of, of Hunter that uh, you have that would kind of give us a, a glimpse into what, what kind of person he was? Yeah, sure. You bet. Um, this is one of the things we're going to be doing the most at our ceremony on Sunday. 
Yeah. We have displays of lots of different things from different parts of his life. And we have some write-ups for each one. So things about Dungeons and Dragons or Taekwondo that he did or his music or rock climbing and then some write-ups about that. And we all will be sharing some stories because mm. um, there's so many stories just to tell about him. His This is an example of him wanting to do everything. So in high school, he was on the traveling elite tennis team they even went to France to compete and um he was in a couple plays and his best friend Zane was in I can't remember if it was band or orchestra and Hunter wasn't in it but they had a trip to Canada coming up and Hunter really wanted to do that so Zane taught him how to because Zane's like we need another percussionist so Zane taught him a little bit of snare drum he joined the band or the orchestra whichever started going to their 7 a.m. practices before school every day for a couple months just so he could go on the Canada trip with his best friend and all the yeah. people from band because that sounds like a lot of fun. Fake it till you make it. That's, uh... <laughs> that is, that's so incredible. He would just do it all. Another really fun story. Um, on our page, there's a video clip of his band playing at a party. And he's playing guitar and singing. And it's an original song he wrote called Sky High Joey. And it's a love song to his Frisbee. <laughs> Who's Joey? And yeah. his, in, in the song, his Frisbee gets stuck on the roof of a building. He's climbing up to get it. He's like noticing he's risking his life and limb for Joey, wondering whether it's worth it. And it's just this hilarious song. And it takes a while before you even realize it's about a Frisbee. Um, yeah. And great song. But then the backstory to it is he told me that um, he and his buddy were playing Frisbee and they got it stuck up on the roof of a building at Long Beach campus. And they were climbing up there to get it and campus security busted them. And campus security sent him to a counselor and the counselor was going <laughs> to okay. assign community service. Okay. And Hunter said, well, for our community service, instead of like picking up trash, can we write a song about this and perform it at a public venue and send you the video? And the council <laughs> said, sure. So he writes <laughs> this Sky High Joey song. They perform it at a party. They send it to the counselor. They're done. They're out of trouble. And I thought, I was like, Hunter, that is the most funniest story ever. And then he says, there's one more part, Dad. There never was a Frisbee. We were just doing parkour and climbing around for fun. We knew about <laughs> the fact that there was a Frisbee to get out of trouble. That is one of the most creative ways to attempt to get out of repercussions that I have <laughs> yes. ever. <laughs> and 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 they bought it. They let it. They're yeah. like, sure, yeah, okay, yeah. you can do that. Well, that's great. And Hunter um, was so sweet and enthusiastic. He he could do things like that. You know, he was such a sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seems like it <laughs> that's amazing. You you mentioned earlier that the band had recorded recorded a song with a scooby-doo cover song <laughs> which just like of the yeah, theme the theme the scooby-doo yeah. theme right that's the only right. scooby-doo song i know okay and what you gonna do scooby-doo yeah yeah that mystery and then yeah. and put lyrics in it that were part of the a clue to this treasure hunt. yeah so yeah, so he went down to Long Beach, told his band about this treasure hunt he's doing, and is like, here's the lyrics to the song, and, and here's some parts where these I've added in these things. 
where we're gonna where Scooby Doo says like it's at the tree fort. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> how did you wow. get? How did you get to the place where you're listening to the song? Like, how were you led to the song? Did he just send you a recording? Uh, yeah, or? like it, in the clue, it told us like where to go on his Instagram page okay. or whatever. It said, mm-hmm. there's a song on my Instagram page. You need to listen to it. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. just as another little aside, I, I just feel like I have to, to say this, that because um, often on this podcast, Andrew and I end up talking about some of the worst aspects of social media that, mm-hmm. that make us really sad yeah. and, and everything that both Hunter did and the coming together of the community and on the Facebook page to, to hunt for him are some of the best uses of social media I have ever heard in my life. And I'm like, yes, this is what, this is yeah. what we, is, it should be for. Might be, <laughs> might be worth salvaging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that there actually is a glimmer of hope there to me of, of what, what good and, and beauty and coming together is still possible out of these right. platforms. And it's so it's such a good example that technology is not good or bad. It's how you use it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, early on when books were being mass printed in the beginning, many people said, no, this is really bad. You shouldn't read for too many hours. It'll weaken your eyesight and it'll keep right. you indoors. You'll get sick, etc. You know, so we all can have generational worries about new technologies, but um, this is a a perfect example it's how we use things you know and what meaning we make of them and and we have had such great and in-depth support i mean i have had dozens of parents who have lost their children write to me and talk to me about how they've gotten through it and that i'm not alone and i didn't know there was that many people out there that had gone through this grief and just the, the outpouring of support. It is, it's a perfect example of how we can use these things to come together, to lift each other up rather than break each other down. Yeah. Like the, the, the Facebook presence that you had throughout this, this whole saga, like I, feel, I feel like people got a glimpse online of, of some uncommon strength that you carry um, with you know, reading some of the things you were, you were posting. Um, and I know I started to feel like I, I knew you a little bit for, for what that's worth. Um, but then as, like, as people do, I found myself just kind of looking into your, your background a little bit. Um, and that strength I mentioned started to make a little more sense. And I, I was wondering if you would feel comfortable just kind of briefly sharing about uh, your work and, and your passions. Sure, Andrew. Um, well, first, I'm a eighth degree black belt, Taekwondo grand master. Wow. I've been training since I was 11 and I own my own academy. I used to compete nationally and internationally. Mm. Um, and that's part of it. And um, I was a professor at Humboldt State, tenured professor in English for a number of years. And then I left Humboldt State uh, to create my own life coaching practice, which is called Mind Body Mastery, Personal and Professional Development Coaching. And what led me to leave Humboldt State and um, start life coaching actually was my family has been through this before. Ten years ago, my older brother died of cancer when he was 43 and he had a wife and two young daughters. 
And a year later, my best friend died of an accidental oxycodone overdose. And at that same time, Mickey and I divorced. And I was crushed. And I started working with a life coach. And she helped me heal and helped me really find meaning um, in what was happening. And I loved what we did so much and what we were doing so much. And I saw it was really my calling more than being a professor. I loved advising and counseling students. And so I quit HSU and I got a lot of training and started a life coaching practice. Um, at the time I wrote a book called The Art of Becoming. Um, and it's under my, my full name is Corey Lee Lewis. So if you ever mm -hmm. want to look up my books, it'll be under Corey Lee Lewis, L-E-E. -E. Um, and the art of becoming was really talking about how I worked through the deaths of Bart and Tim and, and Mickey and I separating and how I came to grieve through that and heal. So this is not a new process for me, although it's different. Losing your brother is, is one thing, but losing your son, it, it's like losing your past and your future both. All those things you looked forward to, you live, wanted to live for through him. Um, but I'll tell you, the, the biggest lesson that I talk about in The Art of Becoming and that, I've, that we're working with right now is you have to stop resisting reality. If you want to feel better, if you want to heal and move through this, you have to accept the reality of what has happened. And the serenity prayer was very important to my brother. He was in AA or he was a recovered alcoholic, and that's an important prayer for them. What I found, though, is you have to have more than serenity. I, I changed it to the gratitude prayer. So the serenity prayer says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And what I realized after Bart and Tim passed is to really move on with life, we have to actually embrace that which we cannot change. So it's God grant me the gratitude to embrace that which I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, and the gratitude, so Bart was dying of cancer he called me the night before he died, and he said, I want to tell you something, Corey. Everything that happens in life, especially the bad stuff, is a gift. Your job is to figure out what that gift is and return it to the world. And he had said this to me dozens of times before. And with Hunter, we have to embrace what's happened. He is the lost Lewis treasure. He has touched thousands of our hearts. We are going to miss him. And the gift begins, the, the gift begins in living like Hunter. The gift begins in embracing life so much that you wear holes in your goddamn shoes. <laughs> the gift begins in, in loving people and smiling and being so enthusiastic that all they remember about you is your smile and that you taught them how to smile, right? The gift begins in sharing his stories, which you're doing now, which we're doing now with others. Right? If he's going to live on, he lives on in these stories. He lives on in us living like him. So that's where I'm coming to now and or the place I'm trying to come from with the loss of my son. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't lost on me that, you know, in, the, in this time, you know, we, we've just gone through an unprecedented two years when I know, you know, a lot of people are having to 
deal with grief in and, and find new ways to to deal um, with pain. And I, I, it, your presence, as I've mentioned a couple of times now, just really kind of leapt off the screen because I, I think that this was such a, you, you chose such a, a different path on, on how to deal with it than I think a lot of people choose. It, remi it reminded me of um, like when I was in my, my early twenties, I had a friend who had a child, you know, he's pretty young and the child died in, in infancy. Mm -hmm. And I remember we had a, there was like a memorial service in a, in a church and my friend's father, so the grandfather of the, the child, just got, got up and, and gave the eulogy. And he, and, he, and he got up there with a huge smile on his face, um, just saying, like, this is a great day. Here we all are. We're all gathered here to remember. And I remember just it being such a life-changing moment for me um, because I had never seen anybody deal with grief, grief that way, just with a, with a smile and, like, um, approaching it head on. And when, when I was reading the things that you were posting, it brought all that back and just like, wow, yeah, I, I remember when that was a, when that touched me, you know, that, that kind of spirit touched yeah. me and, and, and changed the way that I, I approached life. And it was, so I was, it was exciting for me to, that, I don't know, you had this opportunity to um, to speak into people's lives that you might not otherwise have. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, that was beautiful. Obviously, you had to read me crying a little bit. And I think that although obviously the, the loss of Hunter is so tragic, you know, it's always harder when it's a young person who is so full of life and so full of ambition and, and so full of, of mm -hmm. promise. You know, he had a lot to bring to the world that I'm sure he would have kept bringing had he stayed right. here longer. But when you talk about finding the gift, especially in the difficult things, especially in the loss, it's not difficult. It's not a challenge to find the gift out of, right. out of Hunter, the loss of Hunter. He obviously, yeah. it, it brought people together and has brought joy and 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 sadness but in a beautiful way and and reflection and the fact that so many people feel so inspired by his story and I think that this really will motivate some people to to make those changes yeah. in their lives that maybe they've been putting off for whatever reason and yeah. I think that's just wonderful yeah I have a life coaching client and a friend who because of some tr past trauma was afraid to hike alone, but used to like to do that. Yeah. And she was out over the last few weeks searching for Hunter alone, hiking up and down cliffs along these beaches. Mm -hmm. And she found a sea lion's tooth and she dropped it off at my house and gave it to me. And she said, I was hiking all day by myself. And it wasn't until I found the sea lion's tooth that I realized I was out there all by myself and I was unafraid. And there are so many of us that have seen such beautiful beach. I've seen more beaches and trails and hidden spots in the last month that Hunter has shown me than in the last 10 years I've lived here. Wow. And many other people, you know, same thing. We're saying I love you to each other more than ever before. Right. So there 
is a legacy that still lives on, especially if we, you know, remember and are inspired to, to live like Hunter. So as I, you know, um, mentioned, you know, we, we, we record these in advance and this will be released um, Sunday morning, which you've already mentioned um, happens to be the day that you're, you're holding Hunter's Memorial at the Arcata Community Center, starts at 2 p.m. for people. Uh, and and you, you, you've opened this up to people who knew Hunter or anyone in the community that was yes. touched by his story. Like, and I thought, I can imagine, but why, you, you tell us, why, why did you decide to make this an, an open invite event? Well, we're having a private ceremony on Saturday for okay. close friends and family at an undisclosed location. So we were having our private ceremony celebration of life as well. In addition to that, though, because of the outpouring of support on Facebook, the hundreds of people that are out there hiking and searching for debris and helped us put the story together and, and solve what happened to him. And they gave so much and they're so connected to this story. I wanted to give them a way to connect and give them some closure and give them some meaning. And so we decided to have a public event and the way we're organizing it. So because of COVID is from two to three, we're having an open house where people can come. There'll be a PowerPoint going about Hunter with pictures of him of all different ages. There'll be some of his favorite music playing. And then there'll be a display of all these different things from his life, display about the treasure hunt, the wreckage, all the different things he did. Then from three to four, we'll have a formal program where we'll have some speakers and music remembering Hunter. And then from four to five, we'll have the open house again. So people could come early or they could come at three and then stay late. But the, the actual program will be from three to four. And we are live streaming it on the Trinidad, California Search for Hunter Facebook page. So if people go to that Facebook page, you know, at three o'clock Pacific Standard Time, they can watch the event and we wanted to live stream it for that same reason that we wanted the local one to be public. We know there's a lot of people that are really touched by this that can't travel here and aren't local. Mm -hmm. So again, for me, it's part of helping Hunter's legacy live is to tell his story and for those that care to help them connect. Mm -hmm. That's really wonderful. I, I do have to ask, and I'm sure we'll we'll link uh, uh, you know to the the Facebook page and in, in this post too, and make sure mm -hmm. people uh, are able to access that. But had you considered at some point though posting the memorial information in the form of a clue so that only people who could solve the riddle and the clues could make it? And <laughs> That's <kinda> awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Actually, there's a bunch of people on the Facebook page that want to have an annual treasure hunt. And sure. Absolutely. That sounds really for something. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. And we, if anyone wants to give donations um, or if we have any leftover money from the GoFundMe, we're donating that money to the dive team from the Humboldt Bay Fire and Rescue. Yeah. And we're specifically asking that you donate it to the dive team. We only have a dive team because we lost a kayaker, Nick, last year, another sweet young man. Fortunately, we have a dive team now and they're heroes, they're hard workers and they really do their best. Yeah, well, I, I, I again, Corey, I, I, this is 
you're, you're renewing my faith in technology a little bit, just like, as I say, like, you know, we've sat in countless uh, Zoom meetings over these, these past two years um, and they can be tedious, um, but like, you know, this, this was really special for us uh, today that your, uh, your, your willingness to do this and to be um, so candid and, and transparent. And I, I think, yeah, I, I hope that people are, are blessed by this. Um, and uh, as you said, um, the memorial happens today uh, at starting at, at 2 p.m. at the Arcata Community Center. I mean, is there, is there anything else that you wanted to say to the community or, or to us or, or at all? I would just say um, you're welcome to please join us. Anybody who's been touched, whether you want to join us in person or live stream, we'd love to have you there and celebrate Hunter's life and his legacy. And if you want to follow more, just dig deep into the Facebook page. Um, there's also For the Love of Hunter, a second Facebook page, um, which is also quite wonderful and really tells a lot about him. And, you know, the final thing I would say is Hunter, it didn't matter whether you're on the phone with him and he was in front of a bunch of his friends or not. When you said goodbye, he'd say, I love you. When he was leaving the house, I mean, these are the last words I always heard from him was, I love you. And he would open up his arms and come in for another hug. And so I just want to tell people that if there are people in your life that you care about, tell them you love them all the time, every day. Yeah. Live like Hunter. Always a good message. Yeah, live like yeah. Hunter. Thank and you we'll, so we'll... much, Corey, for just sharing sharing your your feelings and this just beautiful tragic but amazing story thank you for helping me to share my words yeah yeah well well, i'll be i'll be uh searching for the lost lewis treasure in our own lives yeah that's right it's out there okay that's it you know we've done like over 70 like of these now almost. and yeah. uh yeah and that well, i i don't know i was kind of kind of, kind of blown away by that uh by cory as a person by a hunter's story um this is this is something that's that's gonna stick stick around in humble for a while like this is this is a part of the, the fabric of humble yeah. that i i it will be hard for me to uh, go to trinidad after hearing that and not always be reminded of of the of the treasure hunt that uh, we're all still on yeah absolutely uh yeah thank you again so much to, to Corey for opening up his heart and, and sharing with us today and i know that i and i think a lot of other people are gonna take his words and try to go out there and live like hunter so yeah thank you so much everybody for joining us and uh, we'll see y'all next week big thank you again to Cypress Grove Cheese for helping make Humble Holding Up possible, not only yes. by pro- providing sponsorship, but by making those delicious goat cheeses that help get us up in the morning. I actually wow. just discovered that Cypress Grove has some recipes on its website. You just discovered this? Yeah, I did. Just now. It's Continue. They have <laughs> things like Humboldt Fog Brulee, Broccoli and Midnight Moon Fritters. Sure. Sounds good, right? Check out all these uh, recipes, those things, and more at cypressgrovecheese.com slash recipes. Okay. 
of course, this this podcast also wouldn't be possible without the North Coast Co-op, which uh, provides basically all of the food that you and me eat. Uh, I don't know what we would do without the co-op, Goff. Uh, yeah, uh, sometimes I stop by the little sushi desk uh, where they get the, the poke bowl. Have you ever had the poke bowl? Oh, I, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it's got, I know you uh, like those. It's got so much fish, yeah, it's got fish and fresh avocado fish. and uh, little carrots and, yeah. and, and uh, little shrimps yeah. on the poke bowl. It's delightful. I like their um, sandwiches. I like their baked goods. It has everything true. that you need. And, and on top of being an amazing grocery store that provides everything that you need, they also, I just want to mention one more time, now, just like everybody else in the world, have a podcast. We're You're talking about Cheese the Day stuff? Ta- I am talking about Cheese the Day. That's the only one that I know of. You can find Cheese the Day wherever you find your podcast. So check it out. Okay. Cheese the Day, North Coast Co-op. 